This is the Out of Water Podcast. Out of Water is a production of Rio Vista Community Church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and tell a friend to help them find Out of Water also. Welcome, friends, to a very special episode of Out of Water, our 100th episode. We have a real treat in store for you. I'm your host, Mark Lautenschlager. This special episode of Out of Water is divided into three segments. Up first, you'll hear Pastor Sam Smith and I talking about the birth of the podcast and sharing our vision of what we want to accomplish. Then we'll have Senior Pastor Tom Hendricks join us before wrapping things up with our co-directors of student ministries and podcasting partners, Drew Brown and Will Bushman. So as we were putting together the idea for this 100th episode, this centennial of the Out of Water podcast, one of the things that we wanted to do was to give you some of the history of how we can, how the podcast came to be and what some of the ideas were for it. Um, and so Sam and I are going to talk about that for a little bit. But coming up, we've got some cool interviews with uh, Tom Hendricks, our senior pastor. Also, Will Bushman and Drew Brown are going to be making an appearance a little bit later on. We'll be talking about some of the go-forward things that we want to do. But before we talk about what we're doing now and where we're going, let's take a look back. Sam, well, you had the idea for the podcast because you came to me and said, what do you mm-hmm. think about doing a podcast or could you do a podcast? Um, so this idea didn't originate with me, despite, you know, despite the fact that I'm radio boy and podcast boy. It wasn't my <laughs> idea. It was your idea. So where did the idea come from? Yeah. So we were looking for venues in which we could like help with biblical literacy, get people engaged in the scriptures and understanding Kind of seeing the character of God, because you know when you read the scriptures, the the goal, the gold, the reward of of reading in scripture is to gain an understanding of who God is and how He works with His people, and that gives you um, such a sense of hopefulness and and worship and recognizing who you are in God's sight. And so we wanted to begin building a content library of Bible teaching. And so we wanted to start doing that with video and with a podcast. We're still working to launch the video side of that, but the podcast was, was a, was a no brainer. And so initially what I wanted to do was to build a, a podcast team that represented, you know, different generations. And so right. I thought, you know, you. Because I'm old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're old. You're, you know, baby boomer generation. I am. I'm 60. I'm, uh, yeah. So you got the baby boomer generation covered and you have a history in radio mm-hmm. and podcasting. I'm, you know, Gen X. And so, and then we went and found a couple of millennials <laughs> <laughs> with Will and Drew and put together this team, um, that could offer different perspectives and just kind of hit, you know, different generations, different genders, um, just how you come to the scriptures and experience it and begin doing study together, just talking through uh, what the scriptures do. And we started jumping in with lots of topical stuff. So if you look at like the first third of the episodes that we've done, you know, some of them were the miracle series that I did on Wednesday nights, right. which is kind of like mm-hmm. looking at the reasons behind some of the miracles that are done in scripture from a, from a teaching perspective. Like, what is God communicating through these miracles? And I love that stuff. Um, and then we started getting into the topical series, um, with Will and Drew. And that was a lot of fun. And I'd say for the last, I don't know, half or two thirds of the episodes we've done, we've started zeroing in and just kind of walking through passages of scripture together, Mm -hmm. um, looking at resurrection passages or um, we did judges and Jonah and uh, first Kings and um, Ephesians. Ephesians. Yeah. Genesis. Remember we did the Genesis series. Yeah. Genesis. We went through the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Mm -hmm. And so I just, that's fun for me. Like that fills my sails. And so the, the goal is, is, you know, as we kind of study the Bible together with these different perspectives and voices that, you know, people not only learn more about the scriptures, but kind of gain that enthusiasm, that contagious enthusiasm to want to be able to, to really dive into the scriptures and to see how valuable they are mm-hmm. personally for them. I think also uh, there's a desire to have a, a library of content out there that's useful at different mm-hmm. times of the year. For example, just as an example, our guided tour of Holy Week series that we did, uh, which we did for Easter last year or the year before? 
Uh, I, think was, I think it was last year. Might be last year. Okay. Um, and uh, so that guided tour of Holy Week series was one where we walked through the week that Jesus had, starting with Palm Sunday and ending with the resurrection, and talking about the symbolism behind all these different things that happened. And I've said to people that if you're looking for something to sort of prepare yourself for Holy Week each year as you're coming into Holy Week, why not listen to those four or five, I think it's it might be five or six even podcasts in the guided tour of Holy Week series and sort of walk through that final week on earth with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say the final week on earth. He was obviously around for 40 days after the resurrection. Sorry, theologians. I didn't mean to, you know, I didn't, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but the, the week leading up to the crucifixion and his resurrection. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think things like that are very cool. Uh, yeah. we, a did lot a, of, we did a five part series on resurrection. Yes. Um, correct. Wasn't it right after that? Yeah. Yeah. We did revival. I mean, just going through looking at some of the things we did and you're like, Oh, I forgot we did that. We did one on racial reconciliation. We did. Um, so, you know, you go back and you look at that and it's like, Oh, that's, that's actually helpful. So the idea was to build, you know, something that's timeless. You know, if we talk about headlines, these things will be dated and people will roll their eyes and not want to listen to them. You know, right. in a week we'll be like, Oh, I don't want to remember that ever again. Um, but scripture is timeless. You know, it offers this wisdom from God about the way that he works with his people. And you can look going back to stories that are from thousands of years ago. But the human condition hasn't changed. Almost none um, at all. <laughs> gosh, I mean, it really hasn't. We keep running against these same things. And so we can glean wisdom from both successes and the failures of previous generations. But more importantly, you see God's covenantal faithfulness that stretches through every one of those generations. And though humanity continues failing and keeps learning the same hard lessons, God's mercy and his faithfulness never fails. And that's, you know, if you ever notice on each of our episodes, we try to end with a focus on God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. and his gospel and the hope and mercy that he extends to us in our lowest moments um, yeah, it's kind of a, a spoiler alert for every episode, but we try, you know, yep. we never want to end an episode, <laughs> you know, just focusing on man's stupidity and the hopelessness that we dig ourselves into. Which was harder during the Ecclesiastes series than other series. Yeah. <laughs> the Ecclesiastes, that, that could have been a downer. That, that may have been a downer. It was tough, but it is something that you and I share in common, which is this idea that everything should be gospel-centered. You know, mm-hmm. it's like any passage of Scripture that you talk about, any topic from Scripture that you talk about, if there's not some place in there where it connects back to the gospel, you're just not looking, in my mm-hmm. opinion, because for me, the gospel is at the center of everything. You know? yeah, yeah, it has to be. Nothing uh, else makes sense to me uh, apart from the gospel. It doesn't make sense with any hope. Yeah. <laughs> put it true. that way. That is true. Um, if mean, you're looking for a reason to go sit in a cave by yourself in sackcloth and ashes and ignore the <laughs> ravens that are outside, then yes, there are things you can do without the gospel. But other than that, you need the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, it makes so. sense of the world. So what about the name Out of Water? Where did Out of Water come from? Because it sounds like we're thirsty. Yeah, so Out of Water came from the fact that if you ever try to name a podcast, you quickly discover that every creative name <laughs> has already been taken. <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. Uh, that's, the, that's the true answer. Yes. Um, Let me just stop you for one second and say on Sunday when I was doing the the Authority of Scriptures uh, class in in Essentials this past week, Uh and one of the topic, one of the questions that I answered was, why are there so many English translations? I said, because everybody's got them copyrighted and they all want to put out study Bibles and make money (laughs) so they get their own translations. So exactly. Sometimes the practical answer is the true one. So yes, out of water is because there there were not very many names available. So we, so why then out of water? So what I remember when we were coming up with a name and someone told me, if you have to explain the name, it's a bad name. That would be me. (laughs) I said that to you. And so let me explain the meaning behind the name, Mark. Yes. <laughs> so out of water, I mean, all throughout the scriptures, we talked about this some when we were going through our, our series on Genesis, actually, that in the Bible being drawn out of water is – it's it's a it's a picture of salvation. So in creation, the earth starts with water covering everything and God goes to work in creation to bring land out of the water that had covered the earth and Noah is delivered 
out of water. Uh, Moses is delivered out of water. His name literally means drawn from the water. Jonah is delivered out of water. Even baptism, which is a picture, Romans 6 tells us that baptism is a picture of death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Well, why is it a picture of death and resurrection? The water is emblematic of the grave. Mm-hmm. And when you come out of water, it's a picture of resurrection. So on, in one sense, there's out of water, which is akin – I mean symbolically, it's, it's pointing to resurrection. So that was kind of the basis of the name. But it's also, you know, we one of the goals for the podcast was, and I, this is one of the things where I'm, I don't know how successful we've been, but reaching out to people who ordinarily um, don't read the scriptures or process, you know, Christianese and you know, trying to make it for people who, if it's your first go round with the scriptures, you can hang with us, mm-hmm. um, even though it's an uncomfortable topic. And so out of water has that connotation too, you know, like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Um, having these conversations are not normal. You know, right. they tell you, you don't, you don't talk about politics and you don't talk about religion. Um, but in this podcast, we're, we're talking about all of those things that you're not supposed to talk about. Right. So it's got multiple meanings, but the fact that I have to answer that question makes me wonder if it was the right name. It, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a memorable <laughs> name, and I do think I, I, and I'm glad that you mentioned that we try to make it approachable because that is, you know, if there's a role that that I have in this venture somewhere, I tell people I try to play the dumb guy, and some of it's because I am a dumb guy at times, but others of it's because. You know, I can just see the questions in my head that you all are thinking out there. And so I do think that despite the fact that we do do a sort of head down, uh, you know, exegetical verse by verse working through passages, at the same time, we try really, really hard not to come into it with these kinds of real high level language and thoughts that concepts that make no sense. If, if we can't, and I've said this over the years, Sam, with respect to technology, because, you know, I'm, my background is in tech. I worked my first, I've had multiple careers, multiple lives. It feels like my first life and career was as a tech person. I was a programmer and a, a network engineer and a systems analyst and a computer consultant. And I ran a business and built, just did all that sort of work for, for many years. And, People used to tell me all the time, yo, you really explain the technology to me so well. You know, why doesn't anybody else explain it like you? And here's my answer. If I can't explain something to you in a way you can understand, assuming you to be of reasonable intelligence and sound mind, okay, I got to allow for that. (laughs) (laughs) But if I can't explain something to a reasonable person of sound mind in a way that they can understand it, it means I don't understand it. And that I was talking about technology, but I think it's true about the Bible also. I think if you can't explain something from the Bible to someone of reasonable intelligence and sound mind in a way that they can understand it, it means you don't really understand it. Yeah. And you're really good at entering into the story. That's one of the reasons why I love talking about the scriptures with you is you're you're imagining, I wonder what so-and-so was thinking. What does that mean? And if that's happening, then what was happening over here? Exactly. (laughs) You like imagining all the blank spaces of the story that really do make you stop and go, yeah, that would have been awkward, you know, or or, or whatever. And I think one of the, the best things that a teacher can do when you're talking about the scriptures is to make it come alive to where you're imagining the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just archaic words on a page, you know, that are telling us how to live. You know, it's God revealing himself and how much he loves people through stories. And some of these stories are really hard. Yeah. Some of them are really difficult. Some of them leave us scratching our head going, I don't know what he's up to there. Um, but to enter into the story – to where it comes to life. You know, that's that's the goal of each of these podcasts. So how many episodes did you do before you felt like you were comfortable doing podcasts? Yeah, about 100. <laughs> <laughs> You're still not comfortable doing podcasts. No, it, it, honestly, that's, that's not true. Um, man, I would say probably around 10. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first, the first episode that took us six tries – Never actually aired, by the way. We yeah. recorded a different one. <laughs> <laughs> the first episode that we recorded was brutal. Brutal. When you said, you know, I could have a conversation with just about anyone about just about anything, 
But there's something about putting a microphone in front of me, knowing that whatever I say is going to be captured for all time and I don't know who's going to be listening to it and how they're going to process it that immediately turned me into a moron. <laughs> and it's like, I, I know not word to say, you know, like, and it just becomes really difficult. And, and honestly, now when we have these conversations, I, I honestly forget that I'm, I'm recording something. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'm having a conversation with you and it's like, Oh yeah, we're recording. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a lot of fun. Most that of the time really we're is. recording. Occasionally, I forget to click the record button. Actually, just yeah. once, but it just happened to be last week. So, <laughs> one of the other things, and this was something that took a, a long time. And the first, <laughs> this might not be good to admit, but in the first few episodes, we would make notes like this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to you know hit these major topics, and you know, it was, gosh, when we started getting into some of these you know Bible studies. We don't do that, which right. might might surprise people, or it might <laughs> it might not surprise people uh, that we don't come into it uber prepared. But we want this to be a conversation, and so we might throw out you know a couple of major bullet points that we want to hit on the podcast. But you're really hearing a conversation between Mark and I right. without you know a whole lot of preparation. You know, he Mark prepares his thoughts and he does his study on his own. And I do my thoughts and my study on my own, and we come together and have a conversation about it, and that's yeah. what you're hearing, which I like it better that way. Yeah, and I think it do- I think it does work that way, and I do. I want people to understand that we do actually study the passage before sure. we talk about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, because that's that's also part of my job. I mean, I was um, I I was trying to explain to somebody one time, and they said I said I'm the communications director for the, my church, and they're like, "What does the communications director do?" And I said, "What I do at my church is really very different from what a communications director does anywhere else, because I'm an elder at the church, and I've taught Sunday school and and community groups and Bible studies around the church for a long time. I'm really given a tremendous amount of latitude to 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 take a sort of a role as a bit of a teacher. Um, and mm-hmm. so I get to work on our personal worship study notes most of the time. That's me. Uh, is sometimes other people do it. Will Bushman's been filling in for me quite often. Actually, Will has." admitted to me and rather perhaps unfortunately for young mr bushman he's told me he kind of likes it so (laughs) he's my go-to man it's it's like if i need a week off like i needed a couple of weeks away to to work on essentials will was the go-to guy goes sure I'll take it for the next two weeks. Yeah. And, and he's good at it. He's good at it. He has a real gift for it. So, But, you know, 40, 40 to 45 weeks out of the year, that's me. And mm-hmm. so I get to study and break down the same passage that the pastor is going to be talking about and then write this five-day devotional, which has observations and considerations and reflection questions and cross-references. And so I get to do some teaching. And then with the podcast, you know, we're going to be talking about either a topic or a Bible passage. And again, I get an opportunity to, to do some so, some teaching. So mm-hmm. um, I tell people, my, the, the fact that I'm a communications director, yes, I maintain our website. I maintain our smartphone app. Um, I provide general wordsmithing, I think they call it. The staff says, you're the wordsmith. I think Ken coined that, that I'm wordsmithing. Um, I like it. Yeah, he says, do, do your wordsmithing, Mark. Um, <laughs> but so if something's going to go out to the congregation, a letter to the congregation, or something's going to get posted on a on a social media or something like that, a lot of times it'll be my job to take input from everybody and produce something that fits on a page, you know, to mm-hmm. keep it short and, and to the point. Um, so I do that also. I mean, I do the things that regular communications people do, but I also get the chance to do the podcast and do the study notes. And to be honest with you, that's the, that's the part where I tell people I got the best job in the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I, I would not want to do a different job. You'd have to pay me three times the money to get me to to change jobs uh, because I just like what I do here and I like the people I do it with. So, But the podcast is a big part of that. I really enjoy getting an opportunity to come and to to teach the Bible on the podcast. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I think part of the reason why I love doing this so much is the role that other teachers have had in my life. You know, Mm -hmm. when I first came to faith, I, I came to faith and I don't even know if we've ever done an episode kind of telling our testimonies, but... They've bits been, and pieces. been woven in, right, through a lot yeah. of different ones. Um, but when I first came to faith, you know, all of my friends, I came out of a group that partied and went out and got drunk. And so when I came to faith, I was like the only one, <laughs> you know, and it was very awkward. I was the designated driver for a while. And, you know, my discipleship, because I wasn't plugged into a Bible-believing church, I was led to the Lord by somebody who was trying to get me to go to their church. And so a lot of my discipleship came over the radio 
um, listening to radio programs throughout the course of the day when I was in my office, when I wasn't in meetings. I'd, I'd sit and listen to particular teachers over the radio. Huh. And the, my earliest stages of discipleship – now, this isn't the healthy way to go. You need to be in community. Community <laughs> – the radio cannot replace community. But for me, in the early days of my walk, it were it was these you know huge names and teachers that were coming in over the airwaves of my car, you know that that had such a big profound impact on me. And then going through seminary and people like Doctor Gage and and Pastor Tom and other people that that taught me really helped my faith to come alive. And I started realizing early on when I would when I would go to the Bible. I'd be like, I can't understand this. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what's going on here. For whatever reason, it's not sticking. And I might pull some things out of it. But when I would have somebody walk alongside of me um, to really illuminate and be like, hey, do you know what's actually going on in the story? It was like, oh, I want more of that. That's amazing. Um, and then I just developed an appetite for it. And so, mm-hmm. like, you know, you and I go out to all these other resources and we study all this stuff to try to boil down what the best takeaways are that we, at least that we've come across uh, to bring it to people and hopefully it it helps the scriptures to come alive with more meaning. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about your early experience because you know, when I came to faith at age 14 in 1975, I was really eager for Bible study. To me, that was like this idea that we could study. You know, I was raised in a denominational church where the idea is that on Sunday, the pastor would read the Bible to you and would tell you what the Bible thinks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was kind of the denominational church approach. Mm -hmm. Um, But this idea, this sort of radical fundamentalism where you're expected to study the Bible yourself really – captivated me and i was there you know if sunday evening church monday night bible study wednesday prayer meeting at this church that of the people that had witnessed to me i started going to that church um and if the doors were open i was there and then i discovered that the local country music station back in the 1970s the country music station out of boca raton in the evenings in the late evenings would go to religious programming and there would be, after a certain point of night, there would be J. Vernon McGee and Chuck Swindoll and all these Bible teachers on <laughs> all night long. And I yeah. would sit in my room at nights and just listen to these radio shows. I'd listen Jay to these teachers. Vernon and McGee. I'll tell you. And you know, the funny thing is, and this is, this is funny, is that in the 70s, I had these big aviator glasses. I have a round face. I had brown hair. I know the people that see me now go, dude, your hair was brown once. Yes, it was brown once. <laughs> and people used to tell me how much I looked like Chuck Swindoll. <laughs> it was like they would see me. They go, man, you look just like Chuck Swindoll. And I was like, yeah, I do kind of facially resemble him at that time. <laughs> I think I'm not sure which one of us has aged better. But um, so it's interesting that you talk about the radio because that was also my same experience was that I really was sort of pulled into scripture study through listening to radio preachers mm-hmm. and i i became a huge steve brown fan i yeah. i used to get the yeah. key life cassette tapes for a long time and uh i just you know i listened to a lot of people on the radio and it became like mm-hmm. a big deal for me so that's one of go. the reasons why i'm excited about the idea of podcasting also because podcasting i think now has become something that um you know when it came out it was kind of an anomaly you know it's like mm-hmm. people were like oh yeah you have a podcast whoop de doo um, and now, you know, after people like Joe Rogan and, um, oh, good grief, the guy from The Office. Um, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Uh, they have podcasts that have millions and millions of subscribers. And so they're big time financial stuff, big money podcasts. You know, the people want to advertise on those. Podcasting has suddenly become a, a sort of respected broadcasting medium and the thing that i like about it is it's absolutely the same as radio Mm -hmm. except that i don't have to meet a particular clock i don't have to get to like you got to be a half hour long or you got to be an hour long it's so it can be long form or or it can be short it's like i can go short or long whatever needs to happen but other than that it's very much like doing a radio show only instead of broadcasting it over the airwaves you deliver it through the internet Mm -hmm. and because it's now become an accepted form of broadcasting I'm really impressed by the number of people who you wouldn't think of as being tech people who are regular listeners to the podcast just within our own church. Mm -hmm. I hear from some folks that are of my generation 
that are like, oh, I listen to the podcast regularly. Uh, and I'm always, I'm impressed by that. They've, they've, they a credit to the people out there who do the podcast delivery systems. They've made it easy enough for people mm-hmm. to find us and follow us. But yeah. And one, one of the, speaking of that, one of the, one of the driving motives for us to launch a podcast was, you know, it's a evangelistic outreach to people who feel uncomfortable stepping foot into a church door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can listen to a podcast in the privacy of your car. You could do it at home. And so when we first started the podcast, part of the reason, I think, why we were topical um, was that very reason, thinking of, you know, our church has a school, Bethany Christian School, and it's not a covenant school. It's an outreach school. So you don't have to be a Christian to go there, and you might feel uncomfortable coming to a Wednesday night Bible study. But if you feel more comfortable starting out listening to a podcast, you know, we did all these episodes on, you know, ordinary life issues. And that was intentional. It was it was meant to be an outreach. Um, and so, you know, there's all sorts of advantages to a podcast and it, it will never replace real life community and doing life and study with other people face to face. That's always preferred. Um, but the podcast does have those advantages, and it's it's been a blessing to do. And it's yeah. always encouraging when you hear of people who come to you and say, "Man, I'm really enjoying this." Like that's a that's a big encouragement to know that there's there's more than you and I listening to this thing. Sure. Where do you want to see it in the uh, by the 200th episode? First of all, it would be just nice if you and I are both still alive to do yeah, a 200th that's true. episode. That's another know? two years if we do one a week. Yeah. Um, I, just continuing to develop, you know, I, I I really like where our stride is. I would love to have more audience interaction to where you know, like yeah. maybe doing question episodes or or getting more requests on things to talk about. You know, we've talked with about doing some more topical episodes as more and more issues come to the forefront of of just life and culture. Um, so I I love doing all of those things, and I'd also like we talked about kind of going through our our staff, our pastoral staff and directors here at the church just and and doing like a hey, tell us your testimony and interviewing them. I don't know how well received that would be, but like hey, you know, you if you know Pastor Tom from a Sunday morning getting up and preaching, but you don't know his story or Mason or Ryan or or Sandy or Drew or whoever, but just having, you know, sub episodes where it's like Let's talk about your life. How did you come to know Jesus? Why is he valuable to you? You know, what are the major milestones of your life? I think that might be cool for people to get to know our staff. Um, yeah, let me throw that. let me throw one out there for you that, that see if people are interested in hearing the story behind this. Sandy Ives, our director of uh, Rio Families, Family Ministries and uh, Women's Ministries, uh, once made a movie with George Clooney. Yeah, this is a true story. Yep. She was in a movie with George Clooney. Yeah. I, I've seen this. I've seen the clip. So uh, there you go. See, that's I just throw that out there. A little tease. You're like, wait, she was an actress? Yes, she was an actress. <laughs> uh, she was in a movie with George Clooney? Yes, she was, in fact. So there you are. You have to get Sandy to come on and tell her life story so that you can hear that. I, I once watched a movie that had George Clooney in it. Well, there you go. <laughs> did, did you find him? Different be, levels of excitement. Yes. Did, did you find his beard compelling? I've, George Clooney grows the best beard, I think, in Hollywood. I'm like, I just, I so envy mm. his facial hair. It's like overnight, that man can just, it's a perfect beard when he grows it. It's like can the right compete of, with Bushman? Uh, you know what? Not in speed. Will Bushman grows a beard faster than any human being I've ever seen. <laughs> However, what, what George Clooney does is he has figured a way somehow to command the hairs, the gray hairs, because, you know, he's, He's a man of a certain age also. He's been able to command the gray hairs to only grow in exactly the right spots. So it's like, I look at your beard. You know, my beard is just as white as the hair on my head. And I look at George Clooney and I'm like, dude, you have nailed it. You have, he has total <laughs> hair control. It's, it's phenomenal. So anyway, um, so is there anything else we want to let people know before we, uh, wrap up this look back? Anything else that you think we need to cover? Man, I, I think that's good. We can bring in our bring in our guests now. Okay, we'll let uh, we'll let Tom come in and talk about how he sees the podcast fitting into our church ministry today, and then we'll talk later with Will and Drew, looking forward to some of these topical podcasts that we talk about doing. And uh, I actually, you know, the the one thing that I miss more than anything else from the pandemic has been getting to come and record the podcasts in person. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done pretty well. We've, we've worked this remote thing out pretty well. We've, we've learned to, you know, 
we've we've picked up a rhythm with each other. You like you got a feeling like okay, I'm I, I'm used to listening to this guy ramble on, and I'm telling he's running out of gas. Uh, just a minute, I'm gonna have to think <laughs> of something to say. I'd better be ready to go. That kind of thing. Um, but I do miss uh, being able to to come together. So I do look forward to the day post COVID, post vaccination, post you know death virus, whatever that we'll be able to to get back together. And I'm just looking for the whole world, man. I am just tired of this. I've had yeah, me too. Uh, you know, I'm just so ready for life to get back to normal. And mind you, yeah. for people to hear that, they go, oh, he's cr-. I have been fully vaccinated and I do wear a mask when required, but I'm ready for the world to get back to normal. That's yeah. that's the truth. So. Yeah. And what speaking of that note, coming back together, one of the things you're looking at the future of where this could go. Mason, not necessarily me. I'm not sure how I feel about this, but Mason has been a big advocate of videoing the podcast. So I don't know why anyone would want to watch us yeah. record a podcast, but apparently that's a thing for younger people. Video podcasts are a big deal because they go out over YouTube and, a lot, you know, and uh, it's a lot of people do that. So, yeah, I just the, the part of the problem. <laughs> we part we of the would problem need the is, panoramic lens. I was just about to say part of the problem is, is that to get me <laughs> in a one shot, you need a wide angle lens. You know, you've got to have a fish eye if you want to get all of me. In one shot. So, uh, I didn't, I've done radio for over the years since, since the mid eighties. I've been, I was appearing on radio, working for shows that covered consumer electronics and technology, not, not Christian stuff. But, uh, I used to tell people the same thing whenever they would say, Oh, you work in radio. I said, yes, I have a face for radio. And that's the truth. I have a face for radio. <laughs> I'm not necessarily in a hurry to do a video podcast, but I also understand that it is a thing. And so, uh, perhaps what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have, we'll make sure that it's a wide shot, no pun intended. And we'll do, uh, we'll do a video episode of it. You know what would be kind of fun sometime is maybe even we have to, we'd have to explore this a little bit to see if people wanted to do it. But I, one of the other things that, that podcasts do from time to time is they do live podcasts where we would literally like set up, you know, around a table or stage and have an audience there with us. Uh, we used to do our radio show that way. That would way. be dangerous. We used to do our radio show that way back in uh, back in the day. We would meet in the auditorium of Palm Beach Atlantic College and do the Computer <laughs> America show. Um, and then I would take questions from the audience, you know, tech questions. So my computer's doing this. My computer's doing that. Um, and it's an opportunity to have some audience interaction. It could be dangerous, I, I realize, but it also could be fun. So maybe we'll look at doing that. But first step is we got to be able to build ourselves out a place to record again and get the get the band back together. And uh, those are the things that I look forward to happening in the next year. So yeah, the one downside of of doing a podcast is is you you begin to wish that you could edit the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when, so when I say something stupid, it's like, all right, Mark, cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then is- in ordinary life, you're like, man, I wish I could go back and just cut that out. And it really is funny because, uh, folks, if you don't understand what the editing process is for like a podcast, I'll start, I start playing the podcast back and one of us will start talking about something. And at some point, I, the live Mark, will be listening to the recorded Mark or sometimes recorded Sam. And you will hear these words come out of my mouth. Blah, 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 get to the point. And something's going to get cut at that point. Something's getting cut out at that point. So what I do is I listen back to it. And when I experience the frustration that I imagine you gentle listeners experiencing, I shorten it for you. And you're welcome. So uh, you know. the editing process, though, is magic. You, re- you referred back to that first episode that we took six, tie- six tries to record. And when it was over, you were like, that was a train wreck. And I said, well, let me edit it. So, And, and you experienced, uh, you'd be honest about this, you experienced the magic yeah. of the edit. It was listenable. The problem yeah. was, we, sur- what was, I said at the end, it's like, we, surrounded, we surrounded our topic. It's like we, we had the topic, we surrounded it on all sides, and we never came to a conclusion. So that was, uh, you know, but, but editing can do, can really do miracles when it comes to the spoken word. You're able to really kind of rearrange things as you need to. So one of these days, I will actually, you know, we'll have to have, that'll be another thing we'll do. It's like for some, for some, for certain of our most loyal listeners, We'll let them listen to the director's cut, the longer extended version of some of these podcasts. You're like, really? You guys <laughs> talked about that in the middle of this episode? I'm like, yeah, that's that. You know, that's where my squirrel brain went. I was just like, potato, 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 squirrel. And yeah, we're if they could the- hear our conversation before we press record. That's yeah. the real goal. No, no, that's not. That's <laughs> not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So. 
All right. So, uh, well, we hope you've enjoyed this look back and a little bit of the history of Out of Water. And uh, next, we'll be transitioning to our pastor, senior pastor, Tom Hendricks, as we talk a little bit about the present of Out of Water. We hope you enjoyed that as much as Sam and I did. Up next is the senior pastor of Rio Vista Community Church, Tom Hendricks. We'll be discussing how Out of Water fits in with our ministry vision at the church. Joining us up first is our senior pastor, and he's going to hate that I introduce him this way, but it is a formal introduction. He is Dr. Tom Hendricks, and right oh now he's thinking, Right now he's thinking, I hate it when he calls me Dr. Tom Hendricks. Yeah, but, I do, actually. But you shouldn't have gone to all that school if you didn't want to be called Dr. Hendricks, but okay, we, just, well. we just call him Tom, but he is, <laughs> in fact, our senior pastor, Dr. Tom Hendricks. I think that one of the things we wanted to talk about was the genesis of the podcast and where this idea came from. So did you and Sam come up with it? What was the, how did that process get started? You know, I'm not really sure exactly who came up with the actual idea, um, but it seemed like a brilliant idea. I will say that, you know, I, I think one of the ways that you, you try to figure out what to do as a church is, and this is a Henry Blackaby deal. So you look what, at what God's already doing and then you, you get involved with that. And I thought that was true for you guys. You know, so I'm not sure that I came up with the idea itself, but when the idea was proposed, I loved it uh, because I felt like you guys are both uniquely equipped for this. What do you think uniquely equips somebody for a podcast? Oh, man, I, I don't know about a podcast in general, but I think in, in terms of this particular podcast, um, and I think if you start with Sam, and I mean, <laughs> this is going to make him feel uncomfortable, but all of your listeners already know this, uh, I think he is uniquely wired. And, and I also think he's uniquely educated. So he is a super brilliant guy uh, who's been trained really, really well. And on top of that, he has a very inquisitive mind. So in other words, he does not shut down. He just keeps researching and studying. And all, you know, some people go out and play tennis, which he does do on Tuesdays, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but outside of that, you know, I get text messages from him at 1030 at night, and he's just finding all this cool stuff on right now, Elijah. And it's been amazing. So mm-hmm. I, I love all of that stuff. But I think that's a unique wiring. And so when you look at our church and you look at our giftedness and you say, all right, so how do we express that? Well, what you want to do is unleash that kind of teaching. And, you know, as for you, Mark, I think you're uniquely wired, too. I mean, you have been at this thing called studying the Bible for a very long period of time uh, and you have a radio background. So, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. Yes, being able to be uh, both on mic and the editor is useful. <laughs> it's a useful sure. combination of skills. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Two people also who do not know how to shut up. Yes, that is true. That, that is genuinely it. It's like the, the, it's true because every time we sit down to do an episode, we think, okay, we're going to try to keep this under an hour. And we always end up, you know, we could do a four-hour podcast. It's crazy. You know, Sam, what about you? When you uh, thought about the idea of starting the podcast, what was your thought or desire about it what did you want the podcast to do we wanted people to fall in love with the scriptures um that was the goal number one and i mean sunday morning is wonderful but there's there's time limits on it and you can't you know the the teaching aspect of it because there's so many things you have to accomplish with a sermon a sermon is limited in in how it can really dive into a passage at multiple levels and so a podcast doesn't have the time limits and the structure you know with a, with a sermon you're looking a lot at application and exhortation and illustrating and all those things where with a podcast it's more conversational and you can just talk about how the passage is is really you know hitting you and you can ask questions of it you can have conversation and so like you'll ask a lot of questions that people on the other end of the podcast who are listening are going to be thinking and vice versa you know i'm going to come with those questions that you can you can process a little bit more and so at the beginning of this, my goal was I want I want people to see how the Lord's character shines through all the scriptures. Um, that's always been a passion of mine. And so Tom and I were talking from the very beginning, how do we get people to fall in love with the Word of God and to see Jesus as the central shining um, thread that unites all of the scriptures? And so that was – kind of the genesis behind it was being able to really dive deep in multiple areas into the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and as an ancillary benefit to that, it, it's freed me up on Sunday mornings, honestly. Like, I mean, I've been able, and I've overtly done this, like I've actually gotten up and said, look, there's a lot in this passage of Scripture that I'm not going to get to, 
please listen to the podcast. So what that allows me to do is just focus in on one unique point, typically, uh, in whatever it is that we're dealing with, knowing that you guys on Friday uh, are just going to go into it big time in depth. So it's huge. I think a sermon is a unique thing in that if you give people too many things to think about, a sermon's got to make one point, really. Exactly. There has to be something they walk away with one thing. And if you listen to one of our podcasts, you're going to hear five or six things. Um, and I think that that is too scattered for a sermon. So, yeah, it's, there, it's a unique – it is a unique format, too, because it is conversational, mm-hmm. um, which is different from listening to a single person talk. If it's conversational, you and I both, Sam, you know, we go off on tangents all, you know, squirrel, you know, we're off down, (laughs) we're off down some side road all the time. Uh, And I think that's valuable for people. I think that it allows them to let their mind range the same way instead of trying to figure out exactly where we're going. um, I feel like it's just a little more natural listening Mm -hmm. to a conversation. And I, I feel way more wired as a teacher than a preacher. So when I used to get feedback on my preaching, you know, one of the things that I realized, like I preach longer sermons than I should probably. And one of the reasons for that is if I'm looking out at the congregation and I say something that causes somebody to tilt their head or raise their eyebrows or I see a reaction, I like circle around and go deeper <laughs> on that point. And it usually causes the sermon to go long because I'm looking for interaction when I'm preaching. It's like – and so if I don't see it, a lot of times I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Did that just confuse that person? Let me drill down here. Um, and where with a podcast, that's exactly what it's wired to do. It's it's interactive. The length of Sam's sermons. Now, you're much better at this, by the way. Your average sermon length now is only about 34, 35 minutes. But there was a time when we used to refer to sermons as being cast and smittian. Uh, which implied that which implied that it was over oh, fifty it was over fifty minutes long. But see, in your defense, Sam, that's because classes all last about an hour. And you're just wired to go for about an hour. That's just like if you just said, Sam, talk about this, you're going to go 55 minutes. That's your that's how it is for you. It's normal. You know, and there's so much in there. And honestly, like, I mean, he's so excited about the Bible, which is why I think that the podcast works so well uh, that it's hard to hold it back. You know, yeah. and, and when you're not doing it every single week in terms of preaching, you know, there's just so much that you want to share. And he has so much to share. So I think that's so much of what makes this work well. Yeah, I really do. Do you have any favorite episodes? Is there anything that's stood out to you of the hundred episodes that we've done that you thought, I thought these were really well done? You know what? Drew and, and Will are telling me to tell you that it's one of the episodes that I knew they that were was in. happening. I knew that was happening. They're, they're actually like standing and cheering in the room almost. Like she's, I mean, <laughs> hands are in the air right now. Would it be the Kanye episode? Would that be the favorite episode? Yes. She's saying yes. So I'm going to go with Yes. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but apparently that was it. We did an episode of Bond Celebrity Christians, and it was one of the oh, ones okay. where we had all four. It was after Kanye West came out with his I'm doing everything for Jesus. And so we had a conversation about that. And I thought it was actually a pretty good conversation because one of the things that we talked about was the kind of pressure that a celebrity comes under as soon as they – publicly announce their faith immediately they start getting attacked from all sides the church comes after them because they're not churchy enough and the public comes after them because now they're too churchy and it's just it really is i you know we talked about the fact that i really feel sorry for the guy he's going to get it from everywhere you know i talked about what happened to do you remember bob dylan becoming a christian like in the 70s that was like a, a thing Vaguely, vaguely. Okay, you're yeah. a little, you're you're a little See, younger. They're, they're they're pointing at me. Well, yeah, I'm not that much younger than you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but see, in the in the 1970s, Bob. I mean, Bob Dylan was a hero of mine musically. I loved his music growing up in the 60s and 70s, and and in the 70s, he came out and said, you know, he'd be that he had accepted Christ as Savior and he was an evangelical Christian, and he did. A couple of Christian albums, one of which "You Got to Serve Somebody" was this one song on it, and no, I, I thought remember it, that one. That was a Bob Dylan Christian song, and 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 he was just murdered by everyone in you know the church. People didn't like him because he wasn't churchy enough, and the the world didn't like him because he was too churchy, and he got run over and finally retreated into. Look, I'm just an Orthodox Jew. Leave me alone. Um, and so the, it was. It actually was a good episode because we had a really good conversation about that. But Sam, yeah. what about you? What would be your favorite episode out of a hundred episodes? Favorite one episode? Gosh, I don't know. Oh well, you can get, you can talk about a favorite series if you want, because you know I you know I'm going to go for Ephesians. So take <laughs> yeah, that one. It if has you want. to do with Paul. You're in. I'm in. Uh, Ephesians is probably probably up there for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, 
I feel like Ephesians was like a high watermark in general. Jonah was good. I like Jonah. Jonah was good. I kind of liked our series on Genesis, too, where we talked about the different mm-hmm. creation theories mm-hmm. and stuff. I thought that was pretty good as well. Um, but Ephesians, I liked Ephesians because Ephesians was the – I'm very intentionally not including any of the episodes with Will and Drew because they're listening. Yes. Well, that's – yeah. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> but, I, but see, the funny thing is what people don't really realize, I, or maybe we didn't talk about much, is that when we did Ephesians, it was just you and I talking. But Will and Drew were very involved in the planning of that episode. I remember mm-hmm. sitting in the conference room, and we mapped the whole thing out. In terms of episodes and topics and what we were going to do, and that we tied in the, the and the sermons were tied in with all of that, and I felt like as a team effort, podcast sermons, everything else, Ephesians to me was, and and I think my favorite episode was you and I going at it with the egalitarian versus complementarian debate, because it was so funny. We got as we worked through that episode, Sam. I kept saying, you know, we're saying the same thing. Yeah, we kept Ephesians saying five. We kept saying the same thing and, and arriving at the same point, but putting different names on it. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. I actually I did that love that episode. Yeah, I referred people to that one. That was great. It's, it was very. I thought it was, it was very good. You know, we've had a number. Like we had, a, we did an episode in this First King series just a couple weeks ago that I told Mason. I said Sam and I talked for thirty minutes on the topic of sovereignty because I asked the question of Sam. I said, "Could Rehoboam have made a different choice?" You know, we all know how Rehoboam made the bad choices here. And I said, could Rehoboam have made a different choice? And Sam's like, oh, I hate it when you ask me these. <laughs> and then we talked about it for a half hour. And I thought it was a really, really good conversation on the subject of sovereignty. Um, so that's what I love about this, guys. I love the fact that we're creating this library of content that there's episodes we, you know, we can point people to and say, if you've got questions about this particular topic, I mean, even the, even if somebody said, what do you think about a, this celebrity Christian stuff? I would send them back to the Kanye episode. I think we did a great job with that. So, yeah, without a doubt, this is this has become a great resource for our people. I mean, as you guys know better than I do, frankly, we are not a reading culture anymore; we're a listening culture, and so it's a great medium for discipling people and for doing exactly what Sam said, helping them understand the word and really develop a love for the word and to realize that Jesus is in the middle of the word. Yeah. And so, you know, you guys go out and you do all the research, um, you put it together very creatively, and then we just dispense it out to the Christian community, including our own people. And it's helpful to me to know that because I think that we need to be doing personal worship for sure. But I think that has a different intent. You know, when I come to the Bible to worship God personally, I'm not going there for content. I'm going there to meet him. Does that make any Mm -hmm. sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm going there to interact with him. I'm, I'm there to start my day with him. I'm there to hear from him. When I'm listening to you guys, I am broadening my knowledge of the Bible in general. And what that does is it enriches my personal worship and every other time I come to God's word. Uh, but we need to be, I think, as the people of God, people who do more than just, you know, read the Bible for 15 or 20 minutes a day and do personal worship. We need to be looking for those things to expand our understanding of scriptures. And this is a very simple and excellent way to do it. So so kudos to you guys. You're amazing. It's also recommended for people taking long car trips. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you can just binge. Yeah, that's what we keep we keep hearing from people. It's like, yeah, I thought I'd put your podcast on while I was driving to Tallahassee or what was it? Mo is going to Knoxville, wasn't it, Sam? He was yeah, going, yeah, yeah. And he put it on and he listened to like eight hours of podcasts on the trip to Knoxville. Uh, and so, the, yeah, we've heard from a number of people that that's when they just, that's when they tuned into the podcast for the first time. A very big thank you to Pastor Tom for spending some time with us this week. It was a lot of fun to have him on the podcast. Now we're going to take a look ahead by having our friends and co-podcasters, Will Bushman and Drew Brown, joining us to discuss their opinion of podcasts, social media, being digital natives, and best of all, the return of some topical episodes of Out of Water. Production note, Will and Drew shared a microphone in an office with zero acoustical treatments. I've done the best I can to clean up echo and level their voices, but if you notice that it doesn't sound quite as good as it could, yeah, you're right. We're back. <laughs> Did you miss us? <laughs> yes, right, I one, have, actually. One of the things that has to be cleared up before we start this part <laughs> is we did not kick them off the podcast. They bailed on us. <laughs> no, you kicked us off of the podcast. You never invite us again, and we're deeply upset about that. I mean, we're like, it's been like a year and a half, and I'm resentful. Like, what's With that? a pandemic in between. 
Yeah, they went off and got real busy during the times where we could podcast, and so their schedules never, ever allowed them to podcast, which I, I thought was coordinated. Yeah, it was well done. We was, just wanted to create suspense, so when we did come back, it was more exciting. <laughs> done. Mission accomplished. Well, Drew was on this from the very beginning. She was on episode one of the podcast. Yeah. Um, Do you remember episode one, Drew? How many times did we have to record that? <laughs> So many times. That was brutal. <laughs> let's be clear here. And we were in that tiny prayer closet downstairs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But let's also be clear for the ladies and gentlemen. The fact is that those we recorded it six times to answer your question. <laughs> and, and we didn't use any one of those six. The problem was is that we had two very, very knowledgeable and – uh, experienced and full of just full of good things to say Bible teachers in the same room and you can't do that there's got to be one you know I'm I'm dangerously full of Bible information but not quite at Sam's level so I'm safe you get two people you get two Sam's in the room and it's going to be trouble um, so we got to have one Bible heavyweight and the rest of us you know me and Will and Drew got to be the we have to be the regular people in the room so <laughs> are you okay happy with to that? be there are you happy to be the regular people? I'm happy to be I, – I tell you all the time, Sam, that my job is to ask the dumb guy questions. But – and, I, you know, it's, somebody has to. So so do you guys actually miss doing the podcast? Because when you first started, Will, you were on for like four or five episodes before you would even actually say anything. Yeah, I feel like we're right back there again. We are. Yeah, you guys take up a lot of space in the virtual room. So, you know, your guys' thoughts continue for a but, long time. But you're an adult now, Will. You're allowed to interrupt us. Yeah, but all your stuff was so good. I, I like to be the color commentary guy. You know? I see. Be like, oh, that was really good, Mark. Great work. Great job. Now, Drew, you told me a couple times that you were kind of nervous doing the podcast, but you always seemed and sounded so natural. I mean, you're just mm-hmm. absolutely a natural on mic. Were you really nervous? Yeah, especially. Well, mind you, the first few episodes, we didn't know what we were doing. The headphones alone were kind of confusing to know how to wear. Um, and we were recording and then I was nervous. Like if you said one thing or you breathe too loudly, I was so in my head, but, uh, yeah, I enjoy the podcast a lot and just getting to talk with you guys. I feel like I always walked away with 20 new thoughts that plagued my brain all night long, but it was fun. I've actually gone back and listened to, uh, I think, Sam, you and I were talking about the Sabbath in terms of our uh, Genesis series. And I actually went back and listened to episode one because episode one is on the subject of rest and the Sabbath. And it still holds up. It's still really good. You know, it's like it's it's formulaically. It's very. I mean, I was doing more of the like just asking questions rather than weighing in with all my endless things commentary and jabber um i do miss the, i miss the topical stuff now we've, we're talking about doing that again a little bit right mm-hmm. yeah so I, I was talking with will and drew about the possibility of getting a couple of topical episodes coming and so they had some ideas on kind of stepping into the mind of somebody from generation z um it's you know they deal with this all day long and just different things that are helpful in reaching this next generation do you guys have any thoughts on that you'd want to share at this point um, yeah, I think we just, I mean, obviously our real heart is for Gen Z, and I think there's, they're just so different. Um, I think as even as us, we're, Drew and I are millennials, obviously, um, <laughs> but we're 10 years older than them, and they're being raised so differently than we are. As digital natives, just the whole game has changed. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing that even at youth group, just in our youth world, that we're, we're treating this generation like all the past ones, and it's obviously not working. Yeah. Um, so just kind of... This conversation with you guys, I mean, I mean, Sam, you were my middle school Bible teacher. I know that comes up all the time, but, you know, like you guys have a heart for them, too. So mm-hmm. we would love to just get kind of that new information out there, in a sense, just as we're kind of focusing on that. Like, what's next for this generation? How, how do we need to change as the people guiding and mentoring and leading them? To actually be successful in this. Sam was everybody's middle school Bible teacher. My daughter just married someone who was – Sam was his middle school Bible teacher. So that gets around a lot. Yeah, it was, it was a good good era. <laughs> I, I, I miss teaching. I really enjoyed that. Do you miss teaching middle schoolers? Sure. Okay. I mean, that's one of those jobs that I'm Drew – well, Drew could tell you this, that you know, half of the time you leave there going, what have I done? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> does, this, does this make an impact? Do you, but then – you got to play the long game with a, with that in mind, and having tools because it really is it's it's a different animal dealing with the younger generation because they're digital natives, and it not only 
impacts who they are and and how they think and how they approach the world. But on so many different issues, you know, the web and social media and everything else has just colored so much of how they see things that it's it's genuinely different talking to them than even teaching, you know, millennials when I was a middle school teacher. So I think those episodes would be helpful to have mm-hmm. those conversations. So that is up and coming in the next uh, few months, I suppose, we'll probably be getting to some of those episodes. We have to figure a place to actually – now right. that everybody's been vaccinated and we're not going to give each other the COVID death disease, uh, we have to figure out how we're going to get a, a studio put together. But you, know, you keep using the phrase digital native. What do you guys consider a digital native to be? Will and Drew, what's a digital native? I kind of – I also – I've never heard that term. I like it. I'm going to start mm-hmm. using that. Um, I don't – these kids just are so active in the media world. And even though Will and I are with them all week long, I think the thing is that like I'm realizing I'm still constantly surprised about the things they're experiencing and what they know just due to social media and TikTok and Instagram and all the things that like I didn't even have when I was in middle school and high school. Um, So I think that there's so many things that like when you know what it's like to be regularly and almost like it feels like all constantly inundated with social media, it just changes the temperature of what's happening in their days. Um, so I think that when we talk about episodes in relation to Generation Z, I think it would be fascinating just to share with you guys some of the things we're learning about middle schoolers and high schoolers that are making it interesting to shepherd and disciple them in unique ways because they're so just connected digitally literally all the time and it's interesting for me too because uh, you know i'm i'm a baby boomer okay <clears throat> born in 1960 uh, yet i'm also because i was by the mid 70s guys i was programming microcomputers to me it just feels this all feels very natural to me but i realize i'm the weirdest 60 year old in the world as far as i'm just totally wired in digitally all the time now, I will say I don't do TikTok. <laughs> you say that if you had a time machine and could go back and blow up social media, absolutely, you would absolutely I would. do it. Absolutely, I would. I Preach. think one of, And it's this fact that everybody on first contact is aggressive. Every response is very aggressive and, and, and pointed and whatnot. And I feel like the problem is it used to be just if I could say this to you, fine. We were in the same room. We could deal with each other. But it's the fact that we can be aggressive to everybody in the entire world all at the same time. That's what I think the problem is here. That's why I, I dislike comment sections and social media because I feel like they're allowing everybody to be aggressive and angry at everybody else all the time. Yeah, well, I say you guys – do you guys even know what Snapchat is? Sure. Mm-hmm. I know what Snapchat is. <laughs> Okay, let me just, just tell you that it's my early exposure to Snapchat was somebody thought it would be funny to Snapchat a toilet bowl and send it to me. So, yes, I do know Snapchat. Yeah, so Snapchat's based off of anonymity and, like, things getting deleted. And I think that's this whole scene now. You know, Twitter, it doesn't have to be really you. It doesn't have to be your picture. You can make people angry across the whole world. And, you know, you can be 10 feet tall and bulletproof behind a keyboard. You know, I can say something awful to you. I know I'm not going to get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't do that in person right now. I mean, this is how people really are. It's not like it's not like they're pretending to be somebody. It's when they're nice to you that they're pretending to be somebody. When they get behind their keyboard or they're thumb typing on their screen and they pour out all of this vitriol, that's when they're. I feel like that's it's that it's not creating bad people. It's exposing the badness in all of us. And when somebody tells me I don't really know about this whole people are basically bad, this whole thing of we're really sinners, I think people are basically. I'm like, have you met social media? Have you watched TikTok? Have you read Twitter at all? Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we've been hitting on a lot in recent episodes is just the the desperate need for humility. And this world is beginning to teach that humility is it's not even a virtue. I mean, on social media, it's whoever has the, the best life, whoever can post the prettiest pictures. There, There's no there's – no thinking less of yourself for the sake of others like that that we're losing that virtue and so it's it's whoever's the strongest whoever can say it the loudest whoever's demands are getting the most attention there's there's no selflessness anymore and i think you know the internet and particularly social media 
just really throws gas on that fire on on human nature, which is already in there. You know, we're all naturally prideful, but that just allows it to absolutely explode. Yeah. And speaking of hundredth episode, like that is um, that's one of the goals of of the podcast is to make the Christian way of living to recognize what the omnipotent Almighty God, you know. <laughs> has humbled himself and he's come down to serve and to suffer for others and to encourage and to lift others up and just singing that message the best we can as we walk through the scriptures to show how that way of living is so much better than than what you know the modern wisdom is that only leads to depression and anxiety and fear and all these other plagues on our society yeah. um gosh we need revival we're going to make this into a regular episode, Sam, if we keep going. We'll get the two of them talking about Gen Z, and then we'll just go. But, I, I, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of curious about is, and this is to Will and Drew, my daughter was, like, totally into podcasts, and so was her, her now husband. That's one of the things they shared in common. They actually went to Orlando once to uh, go to some live podcast event where one of their favorite podcasters was doing a live show with a meet-and-greet kind of thing. Is podcasting still something that Gen Z is interested in, or are we like totally talking only to old fogies like ourselves and our own children? Um, I think they're not listening to podcasts, not long form podcasts, because you think TikTok's maximum limit is a minute. Um, you know, whatever. Instagram's reel is a minute. You know, so now their brains work in that even small minute portion. So we get up here and we talk for what, 45? Five minutes an hour. Yeah, um, I don't think they're with that. So, what do we do? I mean, if if you're trying to if you're trying to create media for Gen Z, do you have to do it in a sixty second TikTok video? I think part of it is reaching them on their level. Like, I think we do need to do more of that, and we do need to be better at that. Like, not fighting the world that they're in because it's a losing battle. Um, but also, we do need to pull them out of it in a sense. Like there is wisdom in going and saying, "Hey, I don't know. We're not going to be on TikTok anytime soon, Drew and I." You know, but there is a weird Christian element to TikTok where a guy prays for sixty seconds, or a guy has you know a sixty-second message, and it is reaching that generation, which is powerful. Um, so there is sense like let's go onto their turf and let's play their game, but also hey, let's pull them out of that because there is a better way to this life. But that's the battle I think yeah. we're currently facing. It's a lot more work to try to be to try to say something meaningful in 60 seconds than 60 minutes in 60 minutes. I've got a chance to ramble and correct myself and, and amplify what I'm saying. There's a ton of pressure when you know you you're going to do something for just 60 seconds. That seems hard to me. I mean, TikTok is frankly, it's a little scary for someone like myself, but that's been something that's gone on for, for more than a, more than a century. Now I remember, you know, growing up, we, People were already making fun of like political debates, you know, how, how everything had become a soundbite because people's attention spans wouldn't allow for any really thoughtful discussion of an issue. So it all became taglines and soundbites even before social media popped up. And I remember when, and when I was in high school, I believe we had to go back and read the, the Lincoln Douglas debates. Go back and read those and imagine that level of thoughtfulness happening in a political debate today, we wouldn't tolerate it. Like <laughs> we, we've become – I'm just going to put it bluntly. As a society, we've become so dumb that we can't have sustained conversations anymore. And you know that is getting worse. I was, I was very interested in history, Sam, and went back and read Civil War letters soldiers wrote home. The, oh the literacy yeah. and the, the construction, their thoughts were so well composed and so erudite, and they just expressed themselves so well. So how we how we capture them, that's that's going to be a big task for yeah. Will and Drew to explain to all of us. Because that's <laughs> one of the things – honestly, that's one of the things that when I look at where we're going, not just as a country, but even as a church, you know, where there's there's no premium put on – thoughtfulness like really thinking something through and searching out wisdom you know that that doesn't seem to be valuable much anymore and less and less so it seems with each passing generation my generation less than yours and your generation less than the one before and i guess one final question is um 
Will and Drew, you guys have both been in youth groups and then worked with youth groups as sort of youth advisors, and now you're engaged in working there professionally. Do you feel like youth ministry has changed more dramatically in the last few years? Like, was it a slower change and like suddenly the change has become like dropping off a cliff or have things been changing over time fairly, you know, steadily? That's interesting, actually. I think things like definitely change. But then what's interesting for Will and I, and after talking to a lot of youth pastors in the area, it seems like everyone that we know has found that youth ministry in the last year, uh, we, you know, obviously, like everyone else with the pandemic had to change and try to find new ways to still connect and remain um, in touch with students when we couldn't physically meet together. But what was fascinating is that even though this is a very uh, social media active and digital um, generation, they didn't transition well to a digital youth ministry. Honestly, more so than even just online church or online Bible study or community groups for adults, the youth just like could not remain connected beyond like, I don't know, Will, what, two months? Like, at best, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was tough. And so what was actually interesting is at the beginning of the pandemic last maybe April, early April, we thought that all of our youth ministry vision and kind of strategy could totally change. And what we found is that actually uh, we're going back to a lot of the basics, which is these kids and what we do with youth ministry was kind of working. The foundation of gathering together, um, having a night every single week. And so, yeah, they are very digitally connected, but it's been interesting that like this past year, at least for me, has shown me that like there are some things about youth ministry that I think are staples that will probably always stay there. Hmm. That's very cool. I, it makes me think of a bunch more questions, which that means we have to have an episode on that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's the thing that you know, church and adults they understand that it can be just an information grab. <clears throat> Whereas kids, they don't care. Our sermons aren't what's bringing them to the door. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to hear Willard Drew speak for 15 minutes. That's what they put up with. Obviously, <laughs> that's good. Um, and we understand that it's necessary and purposeful. We'll never lose that. Um, the way we do that is changing. Um, but we want that space to be a physical space where inside of those four walls is like an oasis for them. You know, that's one of our goals. It's like you can come here. It's safe. Um, you can be loved and cared for probably at, at one of the only places in your life right now. Um, where we're not going to let any of that happen. And, you know, digitally, you can't foster that. Yeah. Um, it's just not mm-hmm. their goal. And I hope, people, if you've been listening to this, that that puts in your mind why we need to get Will and Drew back in here with us, because that's these are extremely intelligent and really very gifted people in their area of ministry. And I know that we can do some really great podcasts together. So I'm looking forward to getting the whole band back together. Uh, it'll be nice when we get, when we can all get together in one room again and, and set up mics and, and actually see each other while we're talking. I think that will be helpful also. The dream team reunited. It's it. We've Bring done, it. we've done Bring the best it. we can. We've done, we've done okay with this remote recording. We really have. <laughs> we've kept the podcast cruising along through this whole pandemic thing. Sam, you got anything else for them before we let them go? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on where the podcast should go? No, I just like that it exists. I know that sounds, it's not a low bar. I think that's just part of it. You know, the fact that a hundred episodes, I mean, that's crazy that you guys reached that. You know, that's something that, that's a long haul thing that I think people care about. You know, like the biggest podcast, you know, like Joe Rogan's into the, you know, thousands, which means Mm -hmm. there's a space for this. People are listening. I think what you guys are doing is great. And I like kind of, you know, getting back into topical stuff just for a season and just kind of letting it go where we can. Well, that's it for our special 100th episode from everyone involved with the creation of Out of Water and especially from myself and Sam. Thank you for listening and recommending us to your friends. We now resume your regularly scheduled broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you then. We hope you enjoyed your time with us, and you will both subscribe to the podcast and listen regularly. You can find out more about Out of Water, catch up on past episodes, and access show notes at our website, riovistachurch.com slash outofwater. water.